everyone. Uh, this is the Ontolog Forum, and it's October 4th, year 2007. Today we have our invited speaker, uh, Dr. Tanya Tudorak, uh, presenting on a talk entitled Collaborative Ontology Development in Protégé. And this is the first episode of a two-part session on distributed collaboration in ontology development with Protégé, uh, Protégé being arguably the most popular ontology development platform around. And uh, we have more than 50 people registered session, and it's uh, definitely one of the largest crowds we ever had in the Ontolog uh, virtual events, and that's why we will be skipping the routine of going around and have everyone introduce themselves. You can get a list of the attendees on the session page, and for those whose names are clickable, they are already Ontolog members, and for those who aren't, uh, you are most welcome to join us. You can check out our membership section at the wiki. And today's uh, agenda goes this way. Uh, we will have Dr. Timothy Redman, who is the chief architect of the Protégé software and the project team, uh, to introduce our speaker. And then uh, Dr. Uh, Tanya Tudorak will be giving a talk for about 60 minutes. And after that, we will have about 30 minutes uh, for questions and answers and an open discussion. So, without further ado, uh, Dr. Redman. Hi. So, um, I am um, very, very happy to um, introduce Tanya. She, um, about uh, two years ago when I came on board the Protégé team, um, she was just some mysterious person who was um, who is um, expected to come on board at some point and start working for us. And since then, um, you know, I've, I've worked with her closely, and she's, you know, excellent programmer, um, very creative, and, um, and you will see that in this presentation. So um, uh, here's Tanya. Enjoy. Thank you, Tim. Okay. Hi, so can you hear me well now? Yes. Okay. So uh, thank you very much, Tim. So I will talk today about um, the work we have been doing in Protégé to support the collaborative ontology development. Uh, please advance to the next slide. So slide one. So um, I'm going to give a brief introduction and a little bit of background on uh, collaborative ontology development. Then I will present some of the state-of-the-art tools that are um, available for doing the collaborative knowledge development. I will present four use cases from real-world uh, cases. I will talk then about some workflow aspects related to collaborative knowledge development. Then I will present the enhancements we have done in Protégé to support the collaborative knowledge process. And then I will speak about some plans we have uh, with collaborative protege. Uh, next slide, please. So um, one of the main reasons that the Web 2.0 is a great success is the fact that people are able to create, share, 
tag and connect content and knowledge in an easy way. If we are looking at how the ontology development process has evolved over the years, um, maybe 10 years ago, or let's say f five years ago, uh, ontology development mainly ho uh, happened on a single machine, a small group of people were working on it. Um, the ontology editors were either Emacs or Notepad or uh, desktop applications. What happens now is that people uh, want to, <clears throat> to develop larger ontologies. Community of people want to be able to collaborate and create an ontology together. So there are certain uh, challenges that uh, ontology tool providers have to face right now. First, the size of the ontologies is probably growing bigger. Um, then, instead of having single ontology developers, we have to support somehow the collaborative uh, part of the ontology development process. And probably desktop applications won't be enough to support a large group of people collaborating. And we'll have to go somehow to web applications to support this uh, new development process. Next slide, please. Thank you. Um, so because we are talking about collaboration, I've been looking around a little bit of some good definitions of collaboration. And um, because it was not so clear that people have a common understanding of what collaboration means, and I found one definition that I like very much. Um, you can see the link on, on the slide, uh, on, uh, on the button, button side of the slide. Um, and so what I think collaborative ontology development is, is when two or more people interact and exchange knowledge to build a common ontology or ontologies in pursuit of a shared collective bounded goal. So from here, um, there are certain aspects that I would like to, um, to, to stress. Uh, collaboration usually involves interaction. Even if the interaction is indirect, like, you know, um, you can communicate by talking or writing, um, <clears throat> one of the most um, important means of in interaction is argumentation. Uh, another important aspect is that simple contribution is not enough. One of a very nice um, example that I found on the website that I mentioned was that a janitor working for a company contributes to a company's well-being, but it doesn't really collaborate with a company um, chief to achieve the company goals. So just contributing is in fact not collaborating. The bounded goal, actually what it means, it mean, means that the collaboration usually has a start and a beginning. Uh, uh, I'm sorry, a beginning and an end. And um, the common goal doesn't really exclude the fact that collaborators may have individual goals. But uh, one of the requirements is that the goals are just minimally complementary with a shared collective goal so that collaboration can happen. Next slide, please. <clears throat> Uh, now I'm going to talk a little bit about the tools uh, for collaborative knowledge development. Next slide. We are on slide six now. Yes, right. Um, so we, before starting to implement collaborative strategy, we were wondering what are the main requirements that the collaborative ontology development tool should support. And we were talking to people. We um, we discussed to our users, and these are some requirements we came up with. So one of the main requirements is that people would like to be able to comment, 
to have some kind of marginal notes about things that exist in the ontology. Uh, people would like to have a kind of workflow support, like uh, um, be able to have change proposals and vote for them. Um, it's very important to have some kind of rights and roles, groups of users defined, to define access privileges for these groups of people. Then, of course, another aspect is that people would like to have different views on, on the data. For instance, somebody would can say, please give me an, an ontology view that is most agreed upon by most of the people. Uh, then with this also comes the question of uh, establishing trust and credibility, like how do I trust the, um, whatever this person said. Um, this uh, involves using ratings and voting. Um, <clears throat> Of course, keeping the um, uh, information about the provenance of um, ontology entities is important. Next slide, please. Slide seven. Um, what people seem to prefer is that rather than having an application or an app, that they would like to have a real web interface where they, uh, where they can edit an ontology and take advantage of all the web uh, 2.0 technologies that are already out there if possible. It's important to, to track the history of um, the edits that happen in an, on an ontology. Uh, or another nice feature would be uh, a user that is interested in a certain part of an ontology or in a certain concept in an ontology to be informed if somebody modified that concept, for instance. Then if we track the change history, it's also interesting to see if we can do undo and rollback based on this change history. It's not an easy thing to do, but it would be a very useful uh, feature. Um, then um, it would be nice to be able to query an old version through the vocabulary of a, of a new one. Uh, so this means you need somehow to uh, have these mappings between, between the, old, the new versions and the old versions. Um, to have also API access, so programmatic access to all these changes and annotations and so on, so that you can build other applications that are based on, on uh, the changes and annotations. Um, and also be able to have uh, some kind of matrix attached to a concept, like uh, how, how many annotations you have uh, on this concept, how many people agreed to rename this concept, and things like that. Next slide, please. So um, there are different tools um, available for collaborative knowledge development. I didn't say here onto collaborative ontology development uh, because Actually, some of the tools don't really deal with ontologies. And there are a wide range of tools available out there um, that some I focus here on the tools that offer ways to uh, develop structured knowledge. So, for example, we have semantic wikis. Um, there are different semantic wikis out there, like probably most of you know the semantic media wiki, the bow wiki, which is a biological wiki. Um, so this is one type of uh, collaborative knowledge development tools. Another type is um, tools that allow tagging and bookmarking and sharing the bookmarks between uh, different users, like Bipsonomy. I'm going to talk a little bit about this later, and uh, Soboleo. Oh, I'm, it seems that I have a um, misspelling there. I'm sorry. Um, then there are some ontology editors, collaborative protege. I'm going to present this in more detail later. OntoWiki and Hozo. Uh, and there are some domain-specific collaboration tools like SWAN, uh, NUCO, and CBIOC. For, for example, CBIOC um, 
it's a very nice tool that uh, allows the collaborative bio-curation of different uh, scholarly articles. Next, tool, next slide, please. <clears throat> uh, this year at the WWW, the World Wide Web Conference in Banff, Canada, there was a workshop on social and collaborative construction of structured knowledge, which um, posed a challenge to the um, structured, let's see, uh, of the structured knowledge tool developers. And their goal was to find out what is the state of the art of the tools for collaborative construction of structured knowledge. And the idea was to get the users to try out different tools and see actually what users expect from such tools. And so that, you know, um, tool providers can learn from this feedback and provide this functionality. Uh, it was not an evaluation of the tools themselves, but it was rather the idea was to get this feedback from the users. There is a very good tech report available with the results of the challenge, so I encourage you to look at it. It's very interesting. Um, it's also linked from the slides. And the website of the challenge, you can see it um, at the bottom of the slide. Next slide, please. So the participating tools in this challenge were uh, Bitsonomy, which is a web-based social resource sharing system that allows people to organize, share, and tag bookmarks and pub publications uh, collaboratively. Um, besides allowing to tag um, publications, for example, people can also create relations between these tags. Uh, and then users can share, share their tags or tag resources with other Bitsonomy users. Then there's collaborative protege, which has been developed as an enhancement of the existing protege. Uh, Dibin, which uh, comes from Italy. Um, Dibin is a peer-to-peer -peer application uh, that allows the user to create knowledge bases collaboratively, and it offers the so-called brainlets that allow you to configure different views um, for a certain, for a specific task. Then Hozo uh, from the University of Osaka. Um, is a asynchronous construction of ontology tool um, supports the asynchronous <coughs> construction of I'm sorry <coughs> yes thank you <coughs> yes um, and the idea in Hodor is that uh, people uh, there, there is an ontology of repositories people check in and check out um, versions and when people check back in a version of an ontology then there's a conflict resolution step that has, has to take place um, in order to commit back in the changes made in a local copy. Uh, <clears throat> the ontowiki is a web-based application that supports the collaborative building of ontologies and creation of instances. Um, what is very nice about ontowiki is that it provides different views on the instance data. Uh, it tracks all the changes that the users are doing. Uh, but, however, if the user wants to edit the classes or the properties of the ontology itself, uh, then the user is redirected to um, <coughs> POWL, which is a web-based ontology editor. Then there's a Bolio, that was one of the most popular uh, and tried-out tools in the challenge. Um, it's a web-based tool for annotation of web resources, and it was very easy to use, and that's why most of the people have, have, have tried it out. What you can see from this tool is that they have different capabilities and focus, and it's very hard to compare the tools between themselves. But th this was not the idea of the, of the workshop. Uh, next slide, please. <coughs> so 
you can see here um, the different categories of tools. So some of them are just for annotating web resources, tagging, bookmarking. So really, it ha they have some structure, but just a little bit. There are some ontology editors, tools with discussions and rating facilities. Next slide, please. Um, some popular features. So we, we got a lot of feedback from the users, and um, some of the popular features are, are shown in this table. So, for example, Bitsonomy, um, it was very, very nice that you could import um, BitTech, um, BitTech entries in, in, in it. In collaborative projects, people liked the discussion feature, voting, chat, and that it was a stable tool. In Debian, it was nice that people could configure the UI. In Hodo, it has a very nice visualization. It's onto Wiki that you have a visual, nice visualization of maps, and I think it's integrated with Google Maps. Um, and in Sabolio, it, it was very easy to use it. Um, there, the results of the um, <coughs> Of, of this uh, challenge are detailed in the tech report. And again, if you have time, please take a look at it. Next slide, please. So some of the things that came up in this challenge and that are relevant to this talk is that uh, what people would re really expect from such a tool. So first, it's a personal versus shared space. So the question is whether everything that a user does, whether it's immediately seen by the other user. Sometimes this is desirable, sometimes this is not. Um, for example, Bipsonomy had a personal space for each user. This is sometimes good when, when people want to try out something before really committing to the real model, so to say. <laughs> Other tools, like Protege, for example, had everyone editing in the, same, in the same shared space. Now, which model is more appropriate for ontology development? This is something that we still need to find out. Um, then somebody even asked, is it even possible to develop ontologies collaboratively? Well, you can see his reply. I mean, well, yes and no. To what degree is the question? <coughs> what level of expressive power is appropriate? So none, none of the tools really supported the OWL editing, uh, but it's not clear that this was a limitation or, or whether um, editing an OWL ontology on the, internet, on the web is, uh, is good or not. This, this is things that we still need to find out. Um, then one thing that came out is that uh, we need some kind of collaborative workflows to achieve consensus. So otherwise, if there is no moderator or some, some way to enforce a consensus, then it might be that you know, the, the collaboration doesn't reach its goal. Next slide, please. <coughs> Um, I'll talk about some use cases from real world now, very briefly. Next slide, please. Um, one is the um, ontology for um, hospital enterprise architecture from Perot system. Uh, the second use case comes from the National Cancer Institute and the NCIT Zoris. Um, the third one from the Open Biomedical Ontologies, um, Obo Foundry. And um, the fourth one from the International Classification of Diseases, uh, ICD-10. Okay, next slide. So, um, the ROF systems have created an ontology to represent their IT infrastructures. What they have done, they have used the Protege server, multi-user server. I'm going to talk about this in, in some minutes. <clears throat> uh, in which server clients can connect to the same ontology on a server and do edits. All the edits done by one user are seen immediately by the other users. 
So this means that there is no conflict resolution step. So in a way, this is an easy solution um, from, from this point of view. Let, let's look at the next, um, next slide. The next. When we have parallel editing, um, in the case of National Cancer Institute, uh, the way that it works, they have they publish the NCI thesaurus um, every month. The NCI thesaurus is a reference terminology in the biomedical ontology used by a large uh, <clears throat> and growing number of NCI and other systems. Uh, so the way that this works, each month they publish um, a version of the thesaurus. What you see here is a baseline version. Let's say this is in first month. Uh, then the NCI editors check out a local copy of this baseline and do their edits. At some point, all these changes done locally by the users need to be merged and the curator needs to accept or reject all the changes done by the separate users. And when the consensus is reached or when the moderated, moderated um, thinks it's, it's, everything is right, a new baseline version is created. So in this workflow, changes are not immediately visible um, in the main ontology, so to say. Um, we, have, we have to merge ver versions and resolve conflicts. It's not always easy. We need to accept and reject changes uh, that the editor has done. So there is a moderator, a curator, actually, who curates all the changes done by, by the editors. Next, next slide, please. Um, the, if you go to the um, Open Biomedical Ontologies website, you will find there, on SourceForge site, you will find their uh, repository of uh, biomedical ontologies. The ontologies there are developed by different tools in different languages, and usually you don't really know what changed from one version to the other. And also there is no record of what version of ontology is um, <clears throat> compatible with what other version uh, of, of the ontology. Uh, next slide. Um, and the international classification of diseases is um, a classification um, um, <clears throat> It provides codes to classify diseases, um, which is published by the World Health Organization. Um, they have a very, they have a well-defined workflow of how the edits take place, which this workflow is enforced by their web application or the portal where they are editing. They have all this moderator approach. You have discussing, discussions and voting. If somebody wants to make a change, then they have to start a change proposal. Then there is a period when people are voting and are commenting, and in the end, the change is accepted or not. You, you can find more details if you go on their website. You can also log in on their web portal and see, um, read more about their workflow and uh, also try it out. <coughs> next, next slide, please. Um, so now I'll talk about some important feature of collaborative workflows. Next, next slide, please. Um, the one, the, the aspect, the workflow aspect that I'm going to talk about are versioning, then the simultaneous uh, development, control versus not control content, and access rights and role groups. Next slide, please. So versioning, we have here are two models. We have the uh, source code versioning model, like people 
from the software community are familiar probably with CVS and SVN, where there is a common repository of ontologies and people check in and check out parts of the ontology or an ontology from a repository. They work then on their local copy and at the end, they have to merge to check in or commit back in their changes in the repository. This is um, the NCI model that I, I showed before. Then there's a the simultaneous access, like the first use case, the Perot system, where users actually edit the same ontology. Um, here the effort is more at ensuring that the operations that are done are atomic, so, so that an if two users try to do this, some, an operation at the same time, that you ensure that you know, the two operations happen actually in a sequence and not at the same time. Um, next slide, please. <clears throat> uh, now, simultaneous versus concurrent development. I took these two words from the engineering domain. I didn't find better ones, but I'm sure there are better ones. So the concurrent model is if you have to develop an ontology. For example, you say, okay, you say this editor is responsible for developing this subtree of an ontology. This editor is responsible for developing this subtree and so on. And you split the whole ontology, so to say, in subtrees if it's possible. And then at the end, you need somehow to integrate all the subtrees and make sure that you have a consistent ontology. And, uh, ontology. The simultaneous model is where everybody solves the same task at the same time, maybe or not. Um, we may somebody works on a sub uh, that a group of people actually work on solving a subtask. Next slide, please. Um, now, the question is how control is the content of an ontology? So, there is, we have all the degrees here of con control. We have the no content control, like um, anybody can edit anything at any time. Uh, this is very similar to the tagging approach in the Internet applications. The problem with this approach is very hard to convert. So if anybody is allowed to say anything, that you, you may end up having an ontology about nothing. There is the wiki style where, where, again, anybody can edit anything at any time, but there are some people that maybe do some cleanup from time to time. So here you have a certain level of moderation maybe. Then you have the accept reject changes, like the MCI case, where um, anybody can edit anything at any time, but there is one curator that accepts or rejects the changes. Then we have the enforced workflow, that is maybe the most controlled from all these approaches, where you have a well-defined workflow, and um, people really have to follow, to follow this workflow. In this case, it's much easier to converge and, and get actually to, to, the, to, to get uh, an ontology that is developed by Next slide, please. Slide 25 now. Um, okay. Uh, access rights and role groups. So it's, um, all, we all are familiar with the different access rights from, from the different uh, operating systems like read and write and by write. And we say, okay, I want user X to be allowed only to read an ontology. So we have different granularities. Is it we can specify these rights on the ontology level, on a subtree level maybe, um, or even on the ontology element, um, ontology element level? But the problem with the granularities is, is then 
if you have a very fine granularity, you need then very good algorithms for computing the access rights for a certain component at a certain time. And here I gave a very simple example from the infamous pizza ontology that pizza has toppings, some pizza toppings. So, for example, if a user has a right to uh, read-write the pizza, the same with the has topping uh, property, but he's not allowed to see the pizza topping, what should an ontology tool then do? What should it show then? it should leave this restriction out, then the definition of pizza is not complete. So there are a lot of questions here to be answered. So far, I'm not aware of any ontology tool that does this uh, granular level of uh, access control. Next slide. Um, now uh, I'm going to talk about collaborative protégé. Um, okay. Next slide. So um, the, this is the class Protege Ontology Editor, which is a very brief introduction, is a free open source ontology editor uh, that can be used to edit ontologies in R, in RDFS, in frames. It can be used with different backends like database, XML, clips, and so on. It, it is Java-based and has a plugin architecture and um, a very strong community, around 80,000 users. Um, this is the website where you can download Protege. Next slide. We have um, extended now the classic Protege, so to say, with additional um, functionality to support the collaborative ontology development. We have added support for annotating ontology components and changes in the ontology. Then um, we allow users to discuss and have discussion threads about a certain ontology component. We support proposals and voting, um, search and filtering of annotations and of changes. We, we are able to define user groups and different policies, although we don't enforce the policies at this point. It works both with Protege OWL and Protege Frames, and it's available in multi-user and standalone modes. I'm going to talk about this in a minute. Uh, and it's already distributed with a Protege installation. Uh, there is a link at the bottom of the page where there, are, there is a user's guide uh, of Collaborative Protege, an online demo, um, and yes, and more information about it. Next slide, please. <coughs> uh, just to give you an idea how Collaborative Protege looks like, uh, on the left-hand side here you can see the classic Protege. This is a very simple ontology that was used in that challenge. Uh, in the uh, collaborative knowledge construction challenge that I mentioned at the beginning of the talk. Um, what we have added now, we have added an extra panel on the right side of the, of the screen, which we call the collaborative panel. And the panel contains different tabs. One of the tabs is, for example, the annotations tab, which is currently selected. Uh, in the annotations tab, users can annotate a certain class or a slot or an instance. Uh, in the panel, in the right button panel, you can see the annotation details. So if a user selects um, an annotation in this annotation tree, um, then he can see the who did it, when he did it, what type of annotation it is. Um, and you can see here that we have a kind of discussion thread in the sense that a user, so I know as you can see in this screenshot, there's test user one, said something, then somebody replied to his message, test user two, and so on and so forth. I'm going, I just wanted to give you an overview of the UI so that you know what I'm talking about in the next slide. Next slide, please. <coughs> so um, 
the enhancement that we had to do, we had to add another component to Protege. So if until now we, the user interacted with the ontology editor component on the left side in the diagram, now we have added this annotation component which actually talks to an annotation ontology uh, which is used to annotate the user ontology. So the user ontology would be like, for example, the pizza ontology, and the annotation ontology is an ontology which um, stores all the annotation types that can be used in, uh, in the user ontology to annotate concepts. Um, we also have a change tracking component uh, <coughs> that also uses um, concepts from the annotation ontology to annotate the user ontology. Uh, you, you, yeah, I, I will show this in the next slide. Next slide, please. Slide 31. Um, just a very quick overview of the annotation and changes ontology. I'm sorry I forgot to mention this. So um, currently the annotations and the changes ontology are integrated in one ontology. We plan to, um, to make two ontologies out of them, but right now they are, they are in one ontology. <coughs> Uh, so you can see here that we have uh, an annotation class with different types of annotation, subclasses like advice, comment, example, so on and so forth. And we have another class that is change. Uh, it's somewhere in the middle of the screen. And then we have different changes that we can talk about in the ontology, like we have a class created, uh, class deleted, and so on and so forth. Next, next slide, please. Uh, so the annotation class. So the sub Subclasses of the annotation class provide the annotation types that are available through the collaborative Protege UI. So uh, this is a little bit small, uh, but uh, maybe you can see here the uh, subclass of annotations, like explanation, comment. You, you see their vote, proposal, too. Um, this is a – we have defined just some – some of the annotation types. This ontology can be um, extended at any time. If an application needs to handle different types of annotations, no problem to add another annotation type. Next slide, please. Uh, then we have a change class, which, as I said, uh, represents, it's in a way, a verification of a change in the ontology. So, for instance, if a user creates a class, then uh, what happens, an instance of a class created, um, class created, which is a class, which is a subclass of change, uh, is created in this change ontology. What this gives us, first we have a structured change log. So we have, we change, we track all the changes that are happening in the ontology and uh, in a structured way. We are able to make queries on them to find out, for example, give me all the, um, changes done by user X, or we can also annotate them, so we can comment on them. This is one of the um, other advantage of using a verification of the changes. Next, next slide, please. Um, this is a multi-user protege mode. Um, a multi-user protege uh, can be used, uh, is used by, can be used so that um, different Protege clients can connect to a Protege server and edit one ontology at the same time. Um, all the changes that one client does is seen immediately by all the other, by all the other clients. It is possible to configure the users, the groups, and the policies on the server. So, for example, you can say that 
certain users should not be able to edit the properties of this class. We have implemented some of these uh, restrictions, but not all of them. But the idea is that we can de declare them, and different applications may implement them if they would like to. Next, next um, slide, please. Now, what Collaborative Protégé has done is that besides having the main ontology in the ontology repository, we also added a, an annotation ontology which is attached to the main ontology. So now you don't have just one ontology but two ontologies. Um, and the annotation ontology stores the instance of annotations used to annotate the, the uh, concepts in the main ontology. All the annotations that a user makes at some point are visible, visible immediately by all the other users. Next slide, please. Um, so we have different components that um, are using this annotation and changes ontology. And then we decided we should, we should provide an annotations and changes API so that other applications, if they want, they can access this information in a transparent way. So, for example, we have uh, the collaborative protege is using this annotations and changes API to, to uh, print, to display the changes and the annotations of a component. We have the bioportal, which I'll show in a minute. We have all the components that you see uh, on the client side are actually plugins that are available in Protege. For example, we have a change statistics plugin that gives you um, a list of all the users and uh, how many changes each, each user has done in your ontology. Okay, next slide, please. Um, now, the, the annotations tab. Uh, now, I'm going to go um, very quickly over the main tabs in this collaborative panel. So the annotations tab, as I mentioned before, uh, allows the user to comment or to make annotations on a certain, uh, on the selected concept. So if you are currently in the classes tab, for instance, you select, here in the screenshot we have selected publication class. You can see that the publication class has some discussion threads attached to it. Um, we are able to um, filter the, the annotations. For example, you can say, I want to see only the comments made by John Smith or whoever. So we can filter the annotations that we see. We can combo box on the right side of the panel allows you to say, okay, I want now to create a proposal uh, or I want now to vote for uh, on this proposal. You can also search in this discussion thread in the, in the comment body. And on the bottom side of the <coughs> collaborative panel, you can see the details of the annotations. Next slide, please. Um, okay, so the annotations tab allows you to comment not only on classes, but also on slots or properties or on instances, instance and, um, or individuals. Um, this is just some screenshots from, from the different tabs available in Protégé. Uh, all, all the classes, all the concepts that have an annotation associated to them, at least one annotation associated to them, have this little icon, this call-out icon next to their name so that the user know, knows that there's some comment associated to the class. So that's why you see the call-out in all the screenshots. Okay, next, next slide, please. Then we have the Changes tab. The Changes tab shows you 
the change history of a concept. So, for instance, if you select the class person, you can see there uh, all the all the things that happened to class person, like the, it was created, the template slot or a property was added to it, then something was changed, and so on and so forth. The nice thing here is that people can also comment on a change. So, for example, if somebody renames the class, somebody can come here and say, oh, I don't agree to the rename of the class. Now, there is a question whether people would like to comment on the concept themselves or on the change on the concept. From the feedback uh, from the challenge, it seems that people are more comfortable uh, adding comments to the class itself rather than on the change. I think the change is something more abstract that probably it's harder for the people to understand. So um, we got very little um, uh, annotations on the changes, but more annotations on the concept side. Okay. Next slide, please. Um, yeah, so this is just uh, what I said right. before, that you are able to see the history of a concept, uh, and users may comment on them. And you can also see the change details, like who did the change, when, if a change is a composite change, you can see the sub-changes, and so on and so forth. Ne next slide, please. Uh, then we have the discussion thread tab. So the discussion thread tab is not... Uh, particular to a certain concept in the ontology. Uh, this is experimental feature, see if people want this or not. So people may want to talk about the ontology, but not related to a particular entity in the ontology. Like, for example, people might decide about design patterns to use or naming conventions or th things like that. So that are not really specific to something in the ontology. And this is just a generic discussion thread about the ontology itself. It seems that people were very comfortable doing generic discussion threads. Uh, ne next slide, please. Um, the search tab allows you to search in the annotations body based on different criteria. Like, for example, you can say, give me all the, the comments or the examples given by user X. Or you can say, I want to see only um, the annotations done by user X between yesterday and 4 p.m. and 9 p.m. Well, no, sorry, you can't specify the time, but yeah, only the date. Um, and you can you can get you get back um, search results which you can if you select in the search result panel one search result, then you see the details in the uh, lower panel. Next slide, please. <laughs> Uh, there is a very, very popular chat tab where uh, users that are connected at the same time to a project server may chat with each other. Now, people have asked why do we need a chat um, chat integrated into Protege. Uh, it seems that this, this was required by some of our uh, collaborators because people really wanted to uh, to be able to you know to send quickly some messages. What we want to do is, besides offering the simple chat, we also would like to um, add some hyperlinking capabilities. So, for example, if you discuss about class A, so that class A would be shown as a hyperlink, people can click on that in the chat message and it would jump in the uh, hi class hierarchy in the, to the class A and would show the class A. Next. next. Um. 
Right. So um, another uh, application where the changes and annotations API that I have mentioned before uh, is used is in the BioPortal. BioPortal is a product of the National Center for Biomedical Ontologies, which is a collaboration between several uh, universities. And its primary goal is to make the ontologies, biomedical ontologies, accessible and usable. And should go to the next. And BioPortal is a po um, portal where people can um, browse, search, visual visualize ontologies from a uh, um, ontology library. Next slide, please. And this is still uh, a prototype. But what they are doing now, uh, they are trying to integrate this. Um, marginal notes or the an annotation components from Collaborative Protege into this web, into, into this web portal. So you can see here a little example that um, the in intracellular organelle is annotated with something you see on the right side of the screen, the marginal note attached to, um, to that particular class. And this, so this also makes you the, the components that I have mentioned before. So that's why we wanted to provide an API so that other applications may use the same uh, infrastructure. <coughs> Next slide, please. Um, some future directions for collaborative protege. So we would like to provide a better modular. So we have short-term and long-term goals. Uh, on the short-term, we we will provide some better modularization of the changes and annotations API. We plan to make a plugin architecture for the collaborative components so that people can add their own tabs if they want to in the collaborative panel. Um, we would like to make the uh, user interface configurable. So for example, some people may want to see only the annotations tab, not the changes tab. Uh, the chat will be enhanced with the hyperlinks as I have mentioned before. Uh, we want to make it easier to set up the collaborative features because right now we have to go through two or three steps. Um, and we plan to do some optimizations with respect to performance and scalability. Next slide, please. <clears throat> On the longer term, we, we would like to support different workflow models. So this is something that we are very interested in right now. See um, what are the most common workflows that uh, users need and we would like to implement those. So all the feedback, any feedback actually is welcome. Um, we would also like to port these collaborative components to a new version, to the new version of Protege, which is Protege 4. And uh, because we plan to make Protege available also as a web application, we want to integrate uh, these collaborative features in the web Protege, the future web Protege. So yes, thank you very much. Um, I have also next slide is some references with the tools and you know some some other things the tech reported I have mentioned. Um, so all the feedback is welcome. We are still at the beginning. Um, I still consider it somehow a prototype, but it seems to work pretty well. Collaborative protege. So yes, thank you again. And yeah, if you have questions. Okay, thank you very much, uh, Tanya. Uh, that was. Brilliant presentation. Uh, so let me repeat our routine again. Uh, if you have questions uh, uh, or would you would like to make a comment, uh, please press one one, and uh, then uh, I will be able to see, and then I will uh, queue up.
people uh, to ask questions. And uh, when since we did not go around to introduce people, so the first thing uh, one would uh, please just uh, please try to introduce yourself first before you even start uh, making your comments or asking questions. Uh, once you have been identified, uh, then you could press a star three to unmute your line, and after that. Uh, after you finish uh, making your comments, then you could press star 2 once again to uh, mute your line uh, for the convenience of other people. So uh, right now, I have someone from the area code 618 uh, who had his hands up for a little bit already. And, and if you would uh, unmute yourself and uh, speak up. A person from 618. Yes, can you hear me? Yes, go ahead. Hi, this is uh, Neil Custer. I'm calling from uh, O'Fallon, Illinois. I work for uh, Computer Sciences Corporation, supporting uh, net-centric uh, developments for the Air Mobility Command. And I've been uh, following a development of Protege for quite some time and haven't really had a a lot of time to really use the tool. Uh, I'd like to uh, uh, say that I'm really impressed with uh, Dr. Tortorock's work here. Um, I, I did have a chance to read part of your uh, doctoral thesis on uh, using ontologies and engineering modeling. I just thought it was fantastic work, I wanted to say. <laughs> Oh, thank you. Um, <laughs> I didn't think that anybody would <laughs> look at my I'm not all the way through it yet, but I, I really like that <laughs> you started at uh, ground zero and worked your way up through it so that I can understand it. Okay. Uh, I'd just like to uh, uh, say that uh, from uh, slide 23, I liked uh, the idea of your hybrid uh, workflow there. Um, right. And uh, I think the chat for real-time collaboration is a, is a really good uh, tool. I think that would be very helpful. Uh, mm -hmm. And the idea that people could perhaps add uh, other types of collaboration, maybe even video teleconferencing with each other or something like that. Mm -hmm. uh, I had one simple question was, uh, is there a way to export the uh, instances in the annotation uh, ontology that go with a particular ontology? Right. Um, right now, there is no way, but it's very easy. So the uh, annotations ontology is available, available as an RDF ontology, and the instances are just RDF instances. It's pretty straightforward to export whatever you would like from it. Uh, we have the APIs to do that, and probably we will do that because uh, one of our main sponsors, NCI, uh, also requested it. So, um, yes, Probably we will do that <laughs> very soon. <laughs> okay. So there, you, there is no um, tool available to do that right now, but uh, it's pretty straightforward to, to make one. Okay. Um, and I haven't gotten this far in your thesis yet, but how exactly do you uh, relate the ontologies to each other? Um, well, in my thesis, I have defined the mapping ontology that related uh, the concepts from the two ontology views that, or the ontology views. 
Okay, is that pretty much the same methodology that you use here to map the annotations to uh, elements? Uh, yes, it is similar. It is similar. Yes. Okay. That's all that I had. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, we have someone from the area code uh, 781. So you can see your, your hand there. And if you uh, unmute yourself with the star three and try to speak up, uh, then go ahead. Person from 781. Yes. <clears throat> this is Farooq Najmi from Wellfleet Software. And uh, I wanted to congratulate you on a very good presentation. It was very clear um, and, uh, and easy to follow. Thank you. Um, one, question, uh, one question I had was, uh, is, is the current implementation uh, uh, the, for uh, collaborative ontolog um, able to address the use case where different com uh, uh, sub-communities of ontology developers have their own uh, ontology store locally and that these various collaborative uh, ontology stores are somehow federated together. So I guess what I'm asking is, is there a federated ontology development model supported at the moment and is it a requirement in your experience? Um, so I, I'm not sure I understood the question right. So. A federated ontology, um, so you mean like having a lot of ontologies where you're um, editing them together and they import each other? Uh, yeah, they are connected to each other, so it's really logically one big ontology, but uh, perhaps a part of it is owned by uh, one institution, another part is owned by another, and rather than there being a central, uh, you know, monolithic uh, um, store for the entire repository that it is, uh, managed uh, autonomously, independently, but it is connected part of the larger ontology through a federated mechanism. Um, so right now, um, well, you can use the import so to import ontologies provided by other parties, and you can imagine that um, you have all the annotations and change tracking and so on in one common annotation ontology that is for example, stored some, somewhere locally. So it is right now what we have, we have for each ontology, we have a separate annotation ontology that uh, holds the annotations and the changes of that ontology. But it's, um, it's not hard to modify this to work with one ontology for federated ontologies, for example. Um, the way that multi-user protege works right now, um, we have this ontology report, it's a the ontology repository is served by a protege server. Um, now, it is also possible that one of these um, ontology, ontology from the repository import other ontologies. That that should work fine. So that shouldn't be a problem. So, so the the the, the last part of the question was whether you see uh, uh, a potential requirement uh, that. Uh, uh, would be worth uh, addressing in a future version where 
different ontol- uh, different protege servers in different right. institutions were able to work together. Is that is that something that you think will be a likely scenario or need? Yes, uh, yeah, we can take that into consideration, yes. I, I, I think I would add one thing to this, which is that we are, in some sense, right at the very beginning of looking at this issue because um, because this is sort of where NCI is going. And so, um, and so you know, things are possible, but we haven't really looked at a lot of the options yet. And, and there's um, – uh, uh, we're, we're sort of not quite – at the level of your question yet. I mean, we're getting there, and that's where um, NCI is going, and um, um, and that's, I, I so, so this is a place where we're going also. Just one one very quick comment, and I'll follow up over email, uh, is that there, there are um, uh, standards available in open source implementations that will provide you with many of the uh, functional requirements such as Role-based access control, uh, federated uh, model queries, uh, subscri- subscription notification, uh, keeping audit trails, versioning. Um, uh, the, the particular uh, suggestion uh, that I would uh, like to make is to look at uh, uh, OACC BXML RegRep as a foundation for an uh, ontology repository. There is a profile of it for. Uh, uh, particularly for OWL, and mm-hmm. uh, I can provide more details via email uh, offline. Oh, thank you very much. That would be very helpful. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Farouk. Okay, uh, we have someone uh, with the area code 831 uh, uh, who had his hand. His yes, daughter. thank you. Uh, uh, my name is John Grabiel. I apologize I didn't get uh, registered in advance. I'm with the Monterey Bay Aquarium Research Institute and um, lead the Marine Metadata Interoperability Project, um, which incidentally is, is starting to develop a community ontology and uh, uh, leading that process. And uh, so I have a simple technical question, and I'd like to hear uh, any comments you have on a more abstract question. The the simple question is, uh, would you recommend this tool as being um, ready for community use? Um, is it stable enough to, to use in that way? Yes, I think I think it is stable enough. Um, it depends a lot also on your setup. Um, if you do this, for example, in a local network or over uh, the internet, where you know the network latencies are very large, very big, then um, maybe the tool will be a little bit slow. But I think it should be fine. And from the stability point of view, I'm not worried. Okay. Very good. Um, and um, the the more abstract question is, um, I'm looking at slide 13 and the, the quote following, can we even develop ontologies collaboratively? Yes. And <laughs> Um, there are two issues there. One is uh, what I would call the standard Wikipedia issue of, of you mean anybody can change my stuff. And uh, the second issue is um, how, how messy this could become or how sophisticated it could become 
because of the number of different threads and components and activities. And I would like to hear um, whether you think there's any particular reason to be concerned about the, the Wikipedia experience when you come to ontologies, and uh, whether you are starting to see, as you, you did this work and, and are uh, starting to put this out, uh, running into a complexity management problem that that the groups just have too much to think about. <laughs> oh yes, definitely. <laughs> um, yeah, so I, right. So it's very hard, I guess, to develop on. I mean, developing ontologies and Wikipedia. I think they are quite quite different. Um, I think it is possible to a certain degree to develop ontologies collaboratively, although I suspect that it won't go further than developing maybe taxonomies. I mean, on the uh, in the Wikipedia side, that you put something on the web and anybody can do almost anything, then uh, I can see that people developing taxonomies, for example, together, and maybe there is from time to time somebody, a curator or something, or a moderator that takes some final decisions. But... Um, Developing more complex things like, I know, our restrictions, axioms, things like that, I don't think that that is feasible right now. Um, and what we have seen is that people really need, or I think we really need a workflow that will ensure that there will be a convergence of a common meaning for things, or there will be a convergence of an ontology in the end. Um, Without that, I'm not sure how this would work. Do you uh, see one of these or two of these workflows as being better than uh, the others in that regard in your experience so far, or is it just too new to tell? Uh, right now, yeah, this is a very active uh, <laughs> um, research area right now, and we are looking into this, so we are at the beginning. Um, but... I, so what I can speak of is just my experience with the NCI um, development process, and I think there they really need, even though the people that are editing are experts in a certain area, they really need a curator who rejects the changes in the end. So it depends very much also on the setup and what type of ontology you, you want to develop. I don't think that there, there is a generic answer to your question. Okay, thank you. Uh, excellent uh, presentation. Really appreciate it. Thank you very much. Thank you. Uh, we have someone from the area code 301, uh, ending with 6775. Uh, person, uh, please uh, unmute yourself and go ahead. Hi. Um, this is Sam uh, from uh, NST, NIST. Uh -huh. um, I have a question about the uh, um, the uh, the deployment uh, architecture. Um, you have mentioned the Apache server. Um, could you describe a little bit, you know, how 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 does you know this deploy? And I also have uh, worrying about you. How do you handle the concurrent editing? Is it possible? Um, or you know, and uh, if you do, and how does it work? Um, that's my question. Okay, so um, 
the deployment of the project server is pretty easy. Uh, it comes with a protege installation. You just need to run a script. It's called run protege server, and it runs ontology, which you need to add it to tell the server where the um, ontologies are available. Um, then with the concurrent editing, um, and yes, so the way that uh, the project server communicates the project client is through RMI, uh, so remote method invocation, uh, and it works also with firewalls. This was a big concern at some point. Uh, you can set up the ports through which the client communicates to the server, and you can open specifically just those ports, and so you can communicate through firewalls. Um, and the concurrent access, concurrent editing, um, that works because all the um, um, all the calls that go to the server actually happen in a sequence. Mm -hmm. So, so uh, everybody gets notified um, if they are looking at the same ontology uh, if changes occur. Uh, yes, exactly. So, if one client adds a new class, creates a new class, for example. The other oh. client that is connected to the same server would see the change immediately. Oh, everything. Yes. Everything is in the queue, and and the all the contents of the ontology are stored on the uh, in, on the server. Yes. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. Uh, I don't see uh, another hand up yet, but uh, this is Peter Yim. I, I do have a question uh, myself for Tanya. Uh, Tanya, since, uh, I mean, of course, Ontolog runs uh, a collaborative environment, and sometimes I mean, in the discussion of coming to consensus on an ontology, uh, one needs maybe a fairly rich environment uh, rather than sort of a uh, a discussion or a threaded discussion around just the ontology. So, is there are there some hooks uh, or integration that you you might sort of uh, consider uh, linking that to like a, a richer environment, let's say a wiki outside or a, uh, archive discussion forum or bulletin board, like uh, mm -hmm. outside of the. Uh, uh, protege environments that one could sort of integrate together on. Right. Uh, yes, this this is one. This is in our plans for uh, when we are we are going to implement the web protege. So our plan is to provide the protege editor also as, as a web application, and then it would be much easier to integrate with these technologies that you mentioned. From a desktop application, maybe it's a bit hard to use the forum of discussions and so on. I mean, it is certainly possible, and we will look into that because, um, as you said, there is a certain limit to how, how much these discussion threads maybe are um, useful as they are. So I think we will look into this in more detail when we start the implementation of the web protege. Thank you. Uh, just a very simple question. Uh, in in your discussion uh, dialogue uh, now, is there some way one could post a URL and link to the outside? Uh, yes, it is possible, and we are actually just working now on um, graphical components that 
would show the hyperlink as a hyperlink, because right now if you, you can write it in the text, but it wouldn't be shown as a hyperlink. So yes, we are working on this. Fantastic. And this will be probably available very soon. Oh, we love that. Thank you very much. I mean, uh, again, I mean, like all the others, uh, people who had commented before me, the, 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 your, your presentation is excellent. Um, sorry, uh, uh, Peter, I have another specific, very specific question. This is Jeremy again from NIST. Okay. Um, I'm thinking about a scenario where um, if one guy is adding a property to a class and another guy is deleting that class and the guy who deleted the class commit the change before the other guy who add the property to the same class. How, how does this happen? How does this uh, handle? Because um, you said everything is in a, in a single queue. Um, yeah, I'm just trying to think. Um, Yes, we are thinking. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry yes, if I asked too, 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 too. <laughs> so, so I can I can give before I thought out exactly what the user sees. I can tell you that everything stays consistent. Um, there is a um, there is a correctness axiom. There, there is a correctness statement that can be made, which you know if it, if it ever fails, it's a bug. But one of the things that could happen is, is that a user. Um, that there is the situation where um, where a user can make an edit, and um, there could be a conflict where where he thinks he's working on the latest copy, but there is a direct conflict because they both change at the same time, and the edit doesn't happen the way he expected it to. And that is that is possible in the um, in the current version of Protege, and that may be the answer to your question: is that um, this would be a direct clash? Um, I think in practice that doesn't happen very often. Um, so, so, so part part of what I'm saying though is that at the at the um, at the model layer, these things happen in a sequence, and there's a correctness statement that I can make that says, you know, everybody is um, that that everybody's in sequence. But then there is this possibility that um, you know, in terms of what the user sees, there'd be a clash, and and, and it's um, potentially a confusing result. Um, and, and that's probably the answer to your question, is that you'd be one of these clashes. But I think these happen, don't happen commonly in practice. And if they did happen commonly in a certain situation, we'd have to uh, generate a um, much more robust mechanism for that. Right. Yeah, I also want to mention that we are using a transaction mechanism to do almost all the operations in the knowledge and we are using also the, if the ontology is stored in a database, then we are using also the transaction mechanism of the database. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I, I'm beginning to think that may not be a problem in R because everything is kind of global, even if you delete a class. And then, well, but if something is yeah, containing in the same class, that could, structure could be a problem. Okay, thank you. Thank you. I'm not sure how to raise my hand. Okay, then, uh, the person from 404. That, that's me. This is Christy okay, Eckerson um, from Northrop Grumman, assigned at the National Center for uh, Public Health Informatics. And this last question addresses a classic problem in all sorts of distributed processing, and there are lots of different models for determining how you best manage that concurrent use and, and locking. You need to understand what sort of people and roles are going to be played 
in this scenario and develop your full set of business rules to answer those concurrent access problems before you actually put it out in the world because you will have stuff disappear that needs to continue to exist and leaves you in a non-integrous state if you do not have your full set of business rules written. This is not a new problem. It happens in any sort of distributed system. But you do have to make sure you have your rules in place before you go out to the world. Otherwise, you'll find yourself in trouble. And and this rule could be like um, business specific, right? Absolutely, absolutely. You need to understand your scenario. Who are your users, and and in under what cases, which rules apply? It's a lot of work. It is it is detailed and concerning. But and as a piece of advice, go um, conservative instead of liberal on the first thought. This is a problem that arises. You may say it doesn't seem to come up very often. Oh, but boy, as soon as you say that, it's going to bite you 18 ways from Sunday. Be very, very careful. This is 25 years of advice in this kind of systems. Yeah. Really, truly. Save <laughs> that. I missed your name. I'm sorry, this is Christy Eckerson. Christy Eckerson, E-C-K-E-R-S-O-N. I am a Northrop Grumman employee assigned to the CDC at the National Center for Public Health Informatics. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Thank you for the comment. Uh, we have someone from the area code 831 uh, with his or her hands up again. Uh, phone number ending 1956. Uh, would you? Yes, go ahead. Yes, thank you. Uh, I, I just wanted to ask if before uh, we finish you could talk a little about, I understand there's a second session next week? Yes. Uh, and, and mention what's going to be covered in that? Uh, did, did you get a link to the uh, uh, session page? Okay. There's an abstract on this uh, session uh, page, but essentially next week uh, Tim Redman and myself uh, will be presenting and uh, we would be talking about a an open platform that will be uh, put out to serve the community uh, in uh, in developing open ontologies. Okay, Obviously, this this platform is based on the protege uh, tool, and uh, its availability should probably help the community in building like open ontologies, whereby you could form uh, uh, ontology development teams and work together uh, in such a platform. But Great, thanks. Actually, this is probably a good point for me to um, to add something else, which is that the um, the collaborative protege is accessible on that on the cards. So, um, and and I'll talk about that more next week. But um, but uh, but you can go to the um, to the cards server and access collaborative protege. Um, the newspaper um, ontology is there, for instance, and it's marked as collaborative. Come back next week. We'll tell you more about it. All right. Uh, I have two hands up, but one from a person whose phone number is unknown, so he or she would, uh, I, I don't know, I mean, is probably calling in through some sort of system that does not have, uh, have uh, that have caller ID blocked. So if you know who you are, uh, could you unmute yourself and go ahead? And then I have, after that, I have someone from the, the uh, area code 240. 
so that's not you yet. Uh, person? Uh, hi, this may may be me. This is uh, Mark Feblowitz calling from IBM Research in Cambridge, Mass. Um, I don't know if uh, we're specifically blocked, but uh, no big deal. Um, yes, I've been, uh, that's you. Go ahead. Yes, okay. All right, so... Um, uh, um, my interest here is uh, uh, definitely in um, how the uh, the mechanism for the the uh, uh, distributed uh, uh, transactions works um, and how closely it it uh, mirrors um, the way uh, regular uh, non collaborative protege works. Um, uh, do you still use Jenna? And uh, um, is it uh, still uh, is there still the choice of uh, whether you're using essentially memory resident um, and serialized to OWL files or uh, database backed, and do you have this, the spectrum of, uh, uh, of databases for the database backed? Um, so I, I can answer part of the questions, and then I'll leave Tim answer the transaction part. Um, yes, in, in collaborative protege and in the multi-user protege, you can have um, OWL files, OWL databases, uh, basically, all the files that or uh, formats that you can open with the standalone protege, you can put them also on the protege server. And yes, we are using Jenna for the uh, our files on the server side, but we are not using the Jenna database backend to store uh, the our databases. But we are using our own uh, our database backend. And now I'll let him answer the transaction part. Well, also the comment about using Jenna. Jenna's not the knowledge model, but it is them how we parse the file and how we save it. And it is also, I mean, if you have an application, it is also um, accessible on the client. You can get a Jenna model. Um, transactions um, uh, in the single in the single standalone protege are very simple, and a lot of things. There are a lot of things you don't have to worry about. Nothing, things can't go wrong. Um, transactions in general are very complicated, and um, so we have to do them much more carefully. For instance, uh, handling the management of caches has to be done very carefully with transactions. But um, basically, um, ultimately, the transactions are implemented in the database um, on the server. Um, or in the case of a file, um, file thing, we have our own transaction management, which is not as robust as a database transaction management would be. Um, but we have the same transaction management you have in standalone protege, except it handles the uh, more difficult cases that come up with a multi-user situation. Uh, great, thank you. Um, I have uh, uh, an observation and, and one more question. Uh, the observation is maybe a counterpoint to the uh, uh, um, uh, uh, know your business rules and start conservative. Um, I think that depending on, on the style of the community, um, the, the uh, tool definitely needs to support a spectrum of uh, sort of wide open collaboration uh, uh, to uh, to controlled collaboration, and I appreciate that uh, you had mentioned uh, uh, recognizing the need to to uh, to handle all of those. Um, I think as the as the organization gets bigger and the stakes get higher, um, uh, it does become a lot harder to uh, uh, to maintain. Um, uh, some amount of control over the ontologies um, in a in a place where you have a smaller, tighter community. Um, I can see a, a lot of 
uh, very um, um, close collaboration in and high evolvability um, of nascent ontologies, and that's where you you really don't want to interfere with the process. And, and I'm hoping that that what we see eventually out of a, uh, a collaborative editing uh, environment is a, a means of a sort of setting the tone uh, by setting policy. So that's the that's the comment. And then the question, um, uh, somewhat related to that, has to do with um, capturing of versions um, of artifacts and uh, what you support now and what you anticipate supporting in terms of um, uh, the granularity of versioning and, and also um, uh, just sort of the, the, the mechanisms and how people uh, who are collaborating are going to do so uh, in the face of uh, uh, maybe uh, recognized versions of the ontologies. Mm -hmm. um, so right now we, we don't really have a version control system integrated into Protégé. We would like to have one, and uh, we hope that we will have one, but I cannot give you a timeline for that. Um, we do have the prompt plugin. I don't know if you are familiar with that, which allows you to compare two versions of an ontology, and it shows you in a graphical way the differences between the ontology, what has been added, what has been removed, and so on. It, uh, it uh, also helps you with the merging two versions of ontology, or it helps you with the, the cycle of accept and reject. Um, so if you are in an environment where a curator has to curate the changes and accept or reject the changes. Uh, so we do have that. What we don't have now, we don't have an SVN-like repository for ontologies. But as, a, as I said, we are also looking into that, but right now we don't have the resources to implement it. Um, but the um, national the bio portal that I have mentioned in my slides uh, is also uh, is going to provide an ontology repository with all these um, versioning functionalities and mapping functionalities and so on. And we hope that we will be able to um, take advantage of their implementation because they, are, they will probably also use Protégé as they are using it now for the annotations, for example. So the longer, longer term plan is to provide different pieces of functionality as services, and BioPortal will provide some functionalities, Protégé will provide some functionalities, but the, the idea is that the two applications would be able to uh, share these services. And if BioPortal will implement its version management, hopefully we'll be, we will be able to use it. Very good. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Mark. I don't have any other person on queue uh, right now. If uh, this is the last call, if you uh, please uh, press a 1-1. One, one to, ident uh, to, to signal that you would like to uh, get the floor. Um, if not, maybe I'll pass the uh, floor back to Dr. Tudorak and uh, have her do a wrap-up of this session. Okay, so um, thank you, everybody, for participating in this call. Um, all the feedback was very welcome, and if you have I know, other questions or comments, please feel free to email me. And if you have suggestions or if um, some requirements for Collaborative Protégé, we are very happy to hear them. As I said, we are just at the beginning right now. Um, yes, yeah, so thanks again. Uh, well, 
Uh, on behalf of the community, let me thank uh, Dr. Tudorak for her brilliant presentation today and thank to uh, Dr. Redmond for introducing our speaker and for coming next week uh, to join us uh, uh, to present the second episode of this two-session series on distributed collaboration on uh, ontology development with Protégé. Thank you, everyone, for joining us and for your great contribution uh, during the discussion portion of the session, and we look forward to having you again next week. Thank you. Bye-bye.